This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, I get very, very tired, America, welcome, of people who claim to be constitutionalists who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. They go to the Constitution and they say, you need a declaration of war for virtually every military action you take. Really? That wasn't James Madison's view. And yet we have a commander-in-chief. A commander-in-chief doesn't serve at the behest of Congress. So there's some ambiguity. Where there's absolutely no ambiguity is if Congress really wants to prevent a commander-in-chief from taking military action. They have the power of the purse. In this, there is no dispute. So Congress has the power to cut off funding. Now, Congress eventually did that in the Vietnam War, which is how the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong won over Gerald Ford's veto. They prevented any more funds to be used prosecuting the Vietnam War. So Congress has that power without dispute. The problem is, for many of these phony constitutionalists, they don't have the votes to do that. They don't have the votes. Presidents have declared, gone to Congress and have declared war, and presidents have not. Now, in many ways, it's like 
what Justice Potter Stewart said about pornography. I know it when I see it. That is, if you're going to have an all-out war, you need to declare war. And one of the main reasons you need to do that is to get the body politic behind you and get the American people behind you. Get American industry, the economy, the media behind a war effort. But you can't declare war every time terrorists attack the United States or every time a terrorist state through its surrogates, or Congress will be passing nothing but declarations of war, the economy will be focused on war, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So how do we know? Well, Congress has addressed it, really, since our beginning. They've passed many laws to try and decide and interpret with presidential signatures what it means And under what circumstances? And under what circumstances? It would seem to me, America, when the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran hits us for the 166th damn time, that Joe Biden's appeasement has provoked war against us. By the Iranian regime, which was rearmed by Biden, which was funded by Biden with the flow of oil coming back. Just as Hamas and UNRWA was funded by Biden, even after Trump cut it off, just like the PLO was funded by Biden, even after Trump cut it off. They keep talking about, we don't want war with Iran. Their response to Iran killing three of our soldiers and injuring over 40, it was only a matter of time, is we don't want war and we don't want to expand what's going on in the Middle East. But they have expanded what's going on in the Middle East. And Iran wants war. And Iran wants nukes. And so what they've seen under Biden for almost three years straight now is not just appeasement, but absolute selling out. You don't give your enemy money. You cut off money, directly or indirectly. And you sure don't keep saying, we don't want war. We don't want to expand the conflict. If you don't want war and you don't want to expand the conflict, the enemy has to guess. The enemy has to fear. The enemy has to respect you. You don't keep telling them what a coward you are. You have to make them guess and wonder. But even better... You punch a bully in the nose. Now, maybe some of these so-called constitutionalists have never been in a fight. And I'm not even talking about a military fight, but a real fight. What we have here are the howlings of libertarian isolationists and left-wing anti-Americans when three Americans are killed by the enemy. Over 40 are injured. We have an obligation to defend our troops, not to debate it, to defend them. What's going on here now with Biden is outrageous. There should have been an immediate response in anticipation of something like this. Why? Because everybody, including me behind this microphone and in front of the Fox camera, in front of the Blaze camera, has said our troops, somebody's going to get killed. 
And they're not even ready for it. And so now we debate for two or three days. Well, I don't want to provoke. We're not going to war. I mean, it's a declaration of war. There's this. No wonder young people don't want to sign up to join the United States military. With the a-holes on Capitol Hill between the libertarian isolationists and the left-wing anti-Americans, we're attacked, our people are killed, and we have to think about it. No, I have a better idea. We have to pretend the Constitution requires that we have a declaration of war to defend in real time our men and women who've been killed. Three people were killed, by the way, all African-Americans from Georgia. One was 46, one was 24, one was 23. Patriots. Patriots. Was Ronald Reagan purposely defying the Constitution? When in 19, I think it was 87, destroyed half the Iranian Navy, he didn't go to Congress and say, I need a declaration of war. He said, you set mines, it hit one of our freighters, and now I'm going to punish your ass. And that's what he did. Now there's the War Powers Act. He can notify Congress, and it has all kind of uh, triggers in it. Make sure Congress has information. Supreme Court has upheld it. So this has been somewhat of a struggle, even from the founding time to today. Exactly when do you have to do it? So people throw down the gauntlet and say, like our buddy Masson, our buddy Lee. Oh, no, no, you got to declare war in every instance. That's insane. It's inaccurate. And it's going to get a lot of people killed. That's not what the Constitution compels. Review guys have a problem with us defending ourselves. You say the president has to seek a declaration of war. You have the power to go to the floor of the Senate. You have the power to go to the floor of the House and say we need a vote. On whether to fund this or not. And see if they have the votes. But you don't. You don't because you don't. Let's stop playing games. This is part of the problem. Every now and then we get people, why does he talk so much about the Middle East and Israel? Because World War III is upon us. It's upon us with communist China, and it's upon us with Iran. That's why. Because we just lost soldiers. That's why. And we are not prepared for what's coming. Especially with this Nimrod, this bonehead in the Oval Office. Who does exactly the wrong thing every single time. And I've had it with this guy Kirby. Kirby, what a propagandist buffoon that guy is. We have this group UNRWA. This group was set up under the UN for the specific purpose of helping to educate, feed, and clothe and house the Palestinian refugees in Gaza. Now, why are there Palestinian refugees in Gaza? Did somebody stop the Palestinians in Gaza? 
from creating a vibrant society? Yes, Hamas, Islamic Jihad. No, no, it's the Jews stopped them, don't you know? They're so bad. The United Nations. Remember all these cases, the blue hats in Africa, they were raping the girls. The blue hats. The UN is poison. It's a hellhole. Makes the bar scene at Star Wars look really, uh, you know, highbrow. And the Israelis have warned 1,300 of the people who work for UNRWA are sympathetic or actively supporting Hamas in one way or another. Kirby goes to the microphone and he says, you know, there's like 10,000 people there with UNRWA. And you only have 13. You only have 13? And I thought to myself, you know what, if I had been a reporter there and I would have said to Kirby, really, only 13 who participated in October 7th? Well, be glad it wasn't your wife. Or your daughter. Assuming you have a wife or a daughter. Because then, then, I think it would get your attention. I despise people like this. Who'd speak out of both sides of their mouth. And then out of their ass. I despise it. I despise the idiot the regular spokesperson, you get no information from these people. And it's constantly election time propaganda. I mean, the biggest story of last week, shockingly, was at Axios, which I can't stand, but there it was. Barack Rabin. Two senior American officials on a phone call between Biden and Netanyahu for 40 minutes. Biden said, you got to end this. Because there's elections coming up. How come that transcript isn't released? How come that transcript isn't leaked? Wouldn't you like to read that? So for Joe Biden, the life and death of the state of Israel and the Jewish people is about his election. Look what's going on now with our people in the Middle East. I told you before, they're sitting ducks. He's not defending them. You can't hit pinprick the the Houthis. And Iran's going to sit there and say, okay, you keep shooting, as Michael Waltz said on Fox today, you keep shooting $2 million missiles to shoot down $40,000 drones. You can't keep that up for too long. And that's what's going on. But you can do the research I've done over the decades on the Declaration of War, part of the Constitution. You can do it yourself. The declare war clause. We don't have a lot of judicial decisions. We have a few. We have one in 1863, the prize cases. Upheld Abraham Lincoln blockading the southern states uh, without without further authorization from Congress. You can look at the 1800 case, Bass versus Tingey. Talks about Congress's broad powers, but it doesn't give any guidance to a president, and nor should it. The courts really shouldn't be deciding these matters. But to throw down a gauntlet and say the president has no power to do this or that, our problem with this president is he won't use his power properly, whether securing the border or defeating our enemies. Our military is deteriorating to a point 
of absolute weakness. Our border has deteriorated to a point of not being a border. Our men and women in uniform know the commander-in-chief doesn't have their back, whether it's Afghanistan or now in the Middle East. Wokeism, DEI, that's the corner of the realm. And I'm not going to sit here and listen to people who are my friends, Massey and Lee, going about how the Constitution prevents, you know, response to this without a declaration of war. Bull crap. You guys even know what the hell you're talking about? Well, if we hit Iran, hit Iran. You don't have to hit them all over the place. Hit them hard enough. We've had presidents who've done it, including Reagan, Mr. Constitution, and it worked. Or we're going to keep losing soldiers. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. We're going to be uh, covering a lot today, so I'm going to move on. Bottom of the hour, Matt Taibbi. He's written a fantastic piece about how plotting and scheming is already taking place in the Democrat ranks among their lawyers and professors and all the rest of them. Should Trump actually win the election, if they can't stop him, then they plan to undermine his administration as far and as hard and as fast as they possibly can. So this is this is where we are. You can't win an election and actually have four years running an administration. They did this to Trump before with the impeachments, with the criminal investigations. And look now, 91 charges, the civil cases, on and on and on. So Matt Taibbi will be coming on. I'm going to circle back to this issue. I'd be happy to debate anybody in Congress who wants to debate me right here on this air. I'll be right back. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners diversify in precious metals while you still can. 
And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. The only constitutional lawyer you can see today for free. No appointment necessary. Just call him at 877-381-3811. Matt Taibbi, uh, a number of you first learned of him or knew about him, but learned a lot about him through the uh, Twitter episode where members of Congress, Democrats, were trying to shut him up, made accusations about him and his profession, and the next thing he knows, the IRS is knocking on his door. I bet that didn't feel very good, did it, Mr. Taibbi? <laughs> uh, it was a little surprising, um, you know, and uh, not that doesn't happen very often to reporters, so yeah, that was that was weird. I want to thank you for everything you're doing, because it does take guts these days, because... A guy like you, you know, you're viewed as he was on this side, now he's on that side, he's a traitor. My view of you is that you're trying to bring information to the public and you're getting very nervous about this growing police state and these tactics and all the rest of it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's how I'm reading what you're doing. And I see this piece in Racket News and I spread it all over the world after my wife gave it to me. I said, what the hell, we're going to go through this damn thing again? You want to tell everybody what you've revealed and what you have found here, please? Well, there, about in 2020, in the summer of 2020, there was a big media blitz about a thing called the Transition Integrity Project. Um, it had uh, roughly 100 uh, people involved with it, some pretty well-known people like John Podesta, Donna Brazil, uh, the current Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm, and they contested, they, they sort of war-gamed contested election scenarios, and due to a fluke, um, they were forced to leak their final report, where it came out that they were, um, the, the, the sort of the Democratic side was planning scenarios where they m- might want to ignore um, a legal Trump win. And that same group appears to be getting together again. There was a story in, in NBC a couple of weeks ago. It's the same umbrella organization. It's slightly different personnel, but it looks like the same general exercise is reconstituting itself. So what are they doing? First of all, I understand from people I talk to that this guy, and you, you have him in here, this guy else, they're back into the states trying to alter campaign laws, trying to do so under the radar to affect, they hope, a better outcome for the Democrat Party. Is that part of it? Yeah, and this is part of the whole transformation of kind of the left liberal advocacy space. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I kind of came up in that world. Um, you know, I, I, I was a lot of my sources were at groups like Public Citizen and Crew once upon a time. Uh, but that was back in the early 2000s when these groups were not so heavily politicized. It, in the Trump era, all of these groups have become essentially what you call lawfare organizations. They're dedicated to filing litigation mainly, um, things like FEC complaints, doing whatever they can 
try to prevent other people from getting on the ballot, not just Donald Trump, but people in the third party, no labels group, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., other Democratic Party candidates. So there is a huge infrastructure of these groups that's out there now, and they're led by people, as you mentioned, like Mark Elias, who was Hillary Clinton's um, lead lawyer in 2016. And there was this letter that went out that you quote here. That's pretty <laughs> damn bad. I mean, uh, anybody who tell us about this letter. You mean the no labels one? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, right. So basically, there was a Zoom meeting involving um, a, a series of these uh, pro-democratic uh, NGOs, basically, uh, and they were issuing a general warning to anybody who might want to think about running on, on a third-party label against Joe Biden. They're saying, if you have even a, a fingernail of a skeleton in your, in your closet, we're going to find it. If you think you've been vetted for a run for governor, that's, you're insane. That's nothing compared to what's going to happen to you this time around. We made that mistake um, before with people uh, you know, like Gary Johnson, we're not going to make that mistake again. So they're very, very intent on making sure that nobody has a chance to compete against Joe Biden um, next year. Now, obviously, there are seats against Donald Trump, uh, but they've they've never gone to the, this extent to make sure that third party uh, candidates and intramural challengers uh, can't challenge to this extent before. You know, Matt Taibbi, write this piece. It's incredibly thorough. Um, you list names, you list organizations, you list sources, and on and on and on. And you know what's amazing? Maybe I missed something. Nobody (laughs) picks it up. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is this? You've just laid out a massive, I don't know, conspiracy or effort. It's just a sleazeball operation, and it's going to have an effect on this election. It's going to have an effect if Donald Trump wins this election. We're going to again be at pistol aim at each other. And they don't say a damn thing about it. What do you make of that? Well, this has been going on, you know, in the last year or so. Uh, since the Twitter files, um, when, when we saw in the Twitter files that there was this elaborate system where, where the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the officer of the director of national intelligence, where they were liaising with all these Internet platforms and uh, universities like Stanford, to engage in some very sophisticated, um, uh, you know, very organized content moderation, political content uh, censorship. I thought that was a huge story. I thought that would, everybody would have to pick that up because, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what they thought politically, and there was nothing. It was like you could hear a pin drop after we put that story out. And uh, that's just the world we live in now. You know, I mean, I, I grew up in an era where, reporters were not supposed to care um, how the information broke uh, and who was hurt by it and who was helped by it. But that's not where we are in the media now. Uh, Things are different. And we just have to get used to that. If not this whole umbrella group, certainly elements of it, as you point out in your article, have been involved in this uh, ballot issue, the 14th Amendment, Section 3. This was considered, I'm a constitutionalist, that was considered like an idea of the lunatics. And right. it's mainstreamed, and then crew takes it up. These other groups take it up. They start litigating it. Now it's like the centerpiece. I mean, even even some lawyers who are not Trump supporters, no, no, this ain't cutting it. And yet, 
they really do move the narrative, don't they? Yes, and, and not only are they interested in that particular section of the 14th Amendment, they're also very, very interested in using the, the, the Klan Act um, as a tool of social change. Uh, the lead counsel for this group, Protect Democracy, which was pro- profiled by NBC, they put out a, um, uh, an editorial in the New York Times earlier in September of last year talking about how we have to start using the Klan Act more um, as uh, to affect social change, not just for civil rights cases and in big cities and police abuse cases. And they, when I looked, they, they had started to do it. You know, going back to 2017, you'll find all of these Klan Act suits that were filed for things as ridiculous as Russiagate. Um, and these are highly, as you know, I mean, if you're, as an attorney, these are highly punitive, um, you know, sort of ty- types of litigations, and they're just throwing them out willy-nilly in all directions. You know, people who haven't been convicted yet for January 6th offenses, they were suing them. This is a thing that's now become part of this lawfare landscape, is they're, they're just using whatever tools they have in the legal kit to go after people on the other side. But doesn't that suggest we have an institutional problem here, number one, <clears throat> when federal prosecutors pick up this sort of, you know, this, this, this sort of club? And number two, when judges not only entertain it, seem to embrace it. I mean, isn't that, isn't that who should be hitting the, the, uh, the brake on this stuff? Yes, and, and in some cases they did. You know, I did find some judges who looked at some of those Klan Act cases. One, one of them was really funny. Um, summing up the case saying that uh, the, the plaintiff's complaint was far from a model of clarity. I mean, you don't often see judges actually picking on the, uh, the lawyers in, in their decisions, but there is a section of the judiciary now that is embracing these kinds of tactics, and, uh, you know, we're in a new world where everything is politicized, and they're filing them in such quantities that if they lose even 30 or 40 percent of them, it doesn't matter. Um, some of them are going to go through. And that's kind of the strategy with these 14th Amendment cases. They didn't win every one of them, but they they want enough to make the headlines to go to the Supreme Court. And they're going to keep at it. And they're going they're going to apply pressure to every part of the electoral process, including, you know, uh, mail in voting requirements. Um, you, you proof of citizenship for, for foreign voting. I mean, everything they're, they're going to do. And they have the money to do it. That's the difference, uh, Mark. I, I don't know if you know. I mean, going back to the early Bush years, the left was always broke. They're not anymore. Um, <laughs> there's now the Republicans are broke. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a lot of money in this world, and it's all going to lawyers. And they're not the old school, like, ponytail-wearing uh, former... Uh, public defenders anymore. These are all people who used to work for the Justice Department, the CIA, the National Security Council. They are purpose-driven attorneys who are making real salaries to file political suits, and that's what they do. You know, when you look at this, and you delve into this, and you live this, it's depressing, isn't it? Very depressing. I don't know how we pull back from this, do you? I, I don't. You know, I think this is um, this is a, a very difficult time because uh, you know the world is so polarized, and everybody has their own individualized way of receiving media. So, 
I often talk to people who are former friends of mine or, or colleagues, and, I, and I'll try to bring up some of this stuff, and they will have never heard of it because you, you will not read any of, any of these things if you read the New York Times or the Washington MSNBC. So, you know, on that side of the aisle, you're just not going to get this information. And I, I worry about that, which is that, you know, both segments of America are in media bubbles, and we're not. We're not getting the facts out to the public, which is unfortunate. My problem with all this is they keep talking about democracy and they use the least democratic approach to trying to influence elections, change the outcomes of elections, to um, torment and threaten. In this letter, it's tormenting and threatening people who dare to think about third party. But you win an election and you never win an election. It never ends. Right. Am I? It's it's just, now how do we destroy the guy? Now how do we get a case going against the guy? Now how do we impeach the guy? Now how do we go after his staff? Now how do we do this? How do we break them financially? You've got people sitting around destroying any kind of C-O-M-I-T-Y comedy or traditions. that I mean, look, we've had big battles in this country. I've been part of them. But you go back to the Civil War. This is different. This is like an attack on the voting system, on 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 the institutions of, of of democracy. I mean, this is this is for keeps. I think. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, we started to see, I think, this in Congress, and you know, the two thousand, the late two thousands, early two thousand tens. You know, there used to be some collegiality between the two sides, no matter what they said about each other during the week, they would get together at barbecues over the weekend, and that's how they would hash out legislation. They would, the, the important decisions would get made. Now, you know, there's this politics of personal destruction that is everywhere, and there is no subterranean communication whatsoever uh, between either of the sides. And these new organizations that are being built, they're not, they're not being built to, uh, to make change for everybody like you know like these old groups like the aclu or the league of women voters like they used to do things like try to integrate the workplace or end housing discrimination and that would be positive for everybody uh that's not what these groups are doing now they're they're doing things like trying to file fec complaints or bar complaints against lawyers who represented trump this it's war you know that that's what it is it's not um it's not a liberalizing institution and I, I think it can't lead to anywhere good, this kind of behavior. Uh, as, as you know, you know, if you have a law degree and you want to make trouble, you can do it very easily. For people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lawyers. We've heard about uh, what, some, <laughs> what some fascists and Marxists have said what they would do as soon as they take over with the lawyers. I want to thank you for everything you're doing, really. You're a straight oh, shooter. Yeah. That's what you're doing. And I'm going to keep promoting it to my little audience as much as we possibly can. So I appreciate you and appreciate what you're doing. Thanks so much, Mark. I really appreciate you having me on. <laughs> Take care. God, God bless. Take care. That guy's, he sees what's going on. And he's, and, and he's worried. God knows we're worried. I just wish more people on the other side would speak out and are worried. They don't seem to be all that worried. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. Three minutes. Let me do something nobody else can do. No, not that, Mr. Producer. Let's say president gets word that Russia is about to fire a nuclear missile at us. Do we have to go to Congress, get a declaration of war to respond? Of course not, Mark. Okay, let's say he gets word that Russia is planning to do it in 12 hours. Does he have to go to Congress? No. Let's say they plan to do it in 36 hours or 48 hours and the worry comes back and they're they're getting all ready. They're firing up the engines, but they're holding back. Does he have to go to Congress? But if he goes to Congress, he might alert the, alert the enemy that we know about it rather than hit that spot to prevent it. Does he have to go to Congress? He's the commander-in-chief in what the libertarian isolationists and the hate America... Uh, crowd don't understand is that this is a little bit more complicated than they think even interpreting the constitution doesn't give them exactly what they want and then they start with the barbs oh you're for war not for war why the hell would I be for war I've got kids and grandkids why would I be for war meanwhile three people who did volunteer to serve are dead And the libertarian isolationists and the hate America crowd are debating whether we should do anything or get a declaration of war. That's insane. And that will result in a whole lot more dead troops. This is a terrorist country. It's a country that's been spreading terror, that has slaughtered Jews, slaughtered Americans. You see Tunnel tunnel Tower, Tunnel 2 Towers and all these other groups, not just Afghanistan, Iran is responsible for a lot of that. Folks, we need, if we don't build up our military and change the psychosis at the Defense Department and stop listening to the libertarian isolationists and the hate America crowd, we're going to be in a war and we're going to lose. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. 
Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Meanwhile, with all this going on, Nikki Haley is running a bizarre campaign. Have you noticed she's becoming more and more irrelevant as time goes on, Mr. Producer? I really do. But before we get to that, Dana Bash to Nancy Pelosi, they want to talk how, well, Trump is so different from Reagan. Now, this is amazing. They did that on Sunday in response to me on Saturday, Mr. Producer. There's no question about it. I went in depth about how the ruling class, the Republican establishment, the media, the Democrats treated Reagan. Again, personalities aside, they have quite different personalities. Many of the same arguments. That he keeps saying these weird and stupid things. That he's not very bright. That he's provocative. That he's dangerous. That he's Hitler. We'll have a nuclear war. I lived through all this. It was in the Reagan campaign in 76 and 80. And worse. And so the Republican establishment opposed him. The Mitch McConnell types, the Karl Rove types, all of them. Two generations of Bushes. And so when you hear today, everybody say, wow, I'm, you know, I'm a Reaganite. No, they weren't. My buddy Craig Shirley has written about it and explained it. No, they didn't say that. I've explained it over and over again. And they're not. So I did this Saturday in an opening statement for like 12 or 15 minutes. And so Dana Bash on Sunday, who nobody watches, nobody cares, but I play it just for the fun of it, and she's a good foil, talks to Nancy Pelosi like Nancy Pelosi's an expert on Reagan. They all hated Reagan. Let's play it. Cut for a go. I want to ask you about the 2024 race, because uh, it really does look like it's going to be uh, Donald Trump, who is definitely quite different from Ronald Reagan, uh, even though they're both Republicans, and uh, and President Biden, of course. We're back where we started. Well, we are, we're we're in a, a, an election and we're not we have. First uh, of all, what a stupid question. A stupid question. I mean, if you're going to challenge me, at least have a smart question and have a decent guest. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is basically Joe Biden in drag. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? All right, go ahead. Further case to make. When people are making a judgment about the election, they always think about what it means to them. What are their kitchen table issues? How are they so in touch? So profound. 
her city's gone literally to crap. Literally. And I would argue, and I'm not a San Francisco, what was once the prettiest city in America. People used to love to go there. I used to love to go there. Union Square, the shops, fantastic hotels. Now it's like walking in a cow field. You're going to step in human feces. And yes, my wife and I were there about two years ago, a little over two years ago. We were stunned with what we saw. And then advised, don't walk outside by yourself. San Francisco. All these radical left-wing paradises, have you noticed what they turn into? Hell holes. And may I say as a footnote here, this guy Newsom, is he a court jester or something around? He's the greatest three years any president has had in history. Really? Oh, yes. What happened to Lyndon Johnson? What happened to Franklin Roosevelt? What happened to your... Your boy Woodrow Wilson, what happened to, I mean, the greatest three years in presidential, now this guy, he's obviously a stalking horse, and everybody sees it. He's an egomaniac, he's a narcissist, he's a punk, he's destroyed his own state, people can't get out of there fast enough, they don't want to, they love their home, California, the most beautiful state in the country, I would argue, but anybody who's two nickels to rub together They don't want to stay there because they lose both of them. The indoctrination of their children and every perverted ideology you can possibly think of, open borders, criminals can't be prosecuted, they've destroyed L.A., they've destroyed every major city in California. This guy had had an incredible budget surplus, mostly thanks to the federal government. He pissed it all away, now they have a massive debt. Now they're thinking about a wealth tax, but he stopped it, but they're still going to come back for it. Nirvana, you see, Nirvana, and this guy's walking around. He's trying to convince you that Joe Biden is the greatest. And what is he doing? He's basically telling the Democrat Party, I'm here. He falls out. Kamala's a loser. I'm here. Look, got nice hair. I have Bill Clinton's motions. It's another concoction, this guy, complete concoction. I might remind you, he was once mayor of San Francisco. He's the governor of California. What's he do to help San Francisco? Nothing. All right, I'm done with my footnote. Go back. Go ahead. Disabilities. And as they look at Ronald, at um, Donald Trump. All right, shut up, you mumbling buffoon. You know, I have to admit, when you listen to McConnell or you listen to Nancy Pelosi or Biden, it's painful. These are powerful people. But when Nikki Haley runs around and talks about 80-year-olds, they're trying their best to turn Donald Trump into one of these people. He's not. I've met with him. I know him. He's a good friend of ours. He speaks in declarative sentences. His, uh, his embrace of the English language is uh, top-notch. He's not mumbling. He calls one person by another name. Hell, we all do that. And it's, see, he's just like Biden. Because the media are sick. The media are sick. Now there's Nikki Haley. She's running and she's on Meet the Depressed. Why? She came in third in Iowa, second in New Hampshire. She's way behind in in South Carolina. Why? Why do you think? This is billions of dollars in free media by the time they're done. And by the way, where's the sugar high uh, little pudgy boy? Where is uh, Sununa? Where is he? 
I don't know, but I'm glad he's not on TV. Oh, my God. So Kristen Welker is the new uh, Meet the Depressed moderator. They're not moderators, I should say, radical Democrat advocate. They got rid of that other schmo. What was his name? I don't even remember, Mr. Producer. Chuck Todd. There's another name. See, Chuck, you blew it. Rather than trying to be a great journalist, you were another hack. I can't remember your name, and I used to slam you all the time for being another hack. Chuck Todd. There's a guy really going into the uh, annals of history, wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? It's very important, Nikki Haley. uh, Cut five. Go. This is your home state. You were governor in the state of South Carolina. Do you need to win your home state in order to stay in this race? Is it do or die? So let me ask you a question. Is this not boring? I'm going to answer it. First of all, the question. We all know she needs to win the home. So why you have her on? So she can repeat what we all know. And I haven't even listened to this, have I, Rich? And so Nikki Haley's going to say what? What is she going to say? Well, she's not getting out of the race. Now, she's not getting out of the race. She's in this for the long haul. One state at a time. Let's see what she says. Go ahead. I think I need to do better than I did in New Hampshire. So this is a building situation. But it's not need about to which win, state you get in which state. You don't, do you need to actually win? I think I, I need you to say you need to do better. But do, don't you need to win your home state to show that you can win a state, win your home state, and really put some delegates on the map now for let's yourself? Stop. She's not going to win her home state, as you well know, Welker. As Haley well knows. So she'll spin it. Now, we all know this, even before you booked her. But go ahead, just for the fun of it. Well, we've got 17 delegates. He's got 32. I'd say that's pretty good to start. What I do think I need to do oh, is... Oh, I need- stop, stop. This, this, I have to be honest. Nikki Haley is going further and further and further down in my eyes. To make arguments like this, we've got 17 and he's got 32. She's sitting there with her establishment operatives... Telling her how to spin. Now, Nikki, this question is an obvious question. You don't have to be the left-wing Democrat advocate on Meet the Depressed to expect a question like this from somebody. We have 17 delegates, and he's got 32. You came in third, and you came in second, and you're going to lose South Carolina. The answer is... If I were honest, I wouldn't be in this race. But Peggy Noonan keeps telling me to run. And we all know Peggy is a is just the f- most fantastic writer in the history of writers. I mean, when she used to work for Dan Rather, when he was anchor and helped write his scripts and so forth, when she used to be a Democrat, long before she hooked up with the Reagans, I mean, she was fantastic. She She knows how to walk a wire like I do. Anyway, go ahead. Building momentum. I need to show that I'm stronger in South Carolina than New Hampshire. Does that have to be a So win? now she's lower the test. Listen, America. She got 28% of the Republican vote in New Hampshire. So they're going to play with the variables. So she's hoping she gets 30%, maybe 38% of the Republican vote in New Hampshire, even though she'll get clobbered, even though they have an open system there. So she can say, look, I did better in, San, in uh, South Carolina. So we're marching forward. You know what's happening? This is frightening. Do you know that the Republican National Committee is broke? In the face of all this, 
The Democrats are raising more money than ever before in their history. The billionaires are stepping up. Everybody's stepping up. The RNC is broke. They're trying to take out a loan. Did you read this, Mr. Producer? The state parties are broke. They're broke. Now, are they going to blame that on conservatives? On MAGA? Where's Mitch McConnell? Mr. Moneybags. I mean, he sells out to the corporatists. How come he can't raise any money? Where's Rona? Rona? Rona, come home! It's getting dark outside. Rona, come home, Rona. Anyway, so Rona's been so fantastic as head of the RNC. That's why I'm never invited to anything, by the way. Call him as I see him. Broke. They're broke. The Republican billionaires aren't stepping up. No, they're busy doing other things, you know. And um, the states are broke. Pretty bad. But Nikki's in the race. Nikki's got a lot of help from those clear-thinking Republican moderates. And, of course, the Democrat billionaires. And don't worry, she's staying in as long as she can. What else is she going to do? Go back to the boards of major corporations and keep charging $100,000 a speech? I guess she could. Go ahead. That necessarily has to be a win, but it certainly has to be better than what I did in New Hampshire, and it certainly has to be close. And so that's what we're focusing on. If we win, great. If not, we've got to show that we're continuing oh, yeah, yeah, to narrow yeah. that margin. Thank you very much for nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who've pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Why is Gavin Newsom on this week with John Carl? By the way, John Carl, there's a reprobate. That guy actually is, Mr. Producer, as dumb as he looks. It's not always the case. You know, like Newsom is said to be good. Like, I find the guy to be peculiar. I think he's got, you know, Adam Schiffless's neck. Have you noticed that? And for a guy that's anti-oil, he puts an awful lot of it in his hair. And then he has the Bill Clinton hands, these massive hands that he waves around and uses. And, oh, such affectations. It's just unbelievable. This guy's great. He's also got a, uh, a totalitarian mindset. Remember how he treated the people of California during COVID? But he said, oh, you know, I watch Fox. I don't agree with it, but I watch it. 
Oh, wow. You're so cool. So cool. He's an elitist. He's an ignoramus. He's a failed governor. He knows how to play his party. He knows how to play the media. He's pretending he's loyal by spouting off, you know, the last three years, everybody, we've done better than ever before in American history, in world history. I mean, my God, even before mankind, Biden's unbelievable. But if he falls, I'm right here. I'm here to catch it. I can step right in. He's exactly what's wrong with government and our country. I'll be right back. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Just a brief reminder, America, of the official position of the Biden administration just 10 or 14 days ago. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. It is my testimony that the border is secure. We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We have taken unprecedented action over the past year and a half to secure our border. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. The border is closed. We agree that uh, the border is secure. We're executing a comprehensive strategy to secure our borders. One of our highest priorities is to ensure that we have a secure border. And that is what we are doing. The border is secure. Now, I lay that as a foundation for lying POSs like Chris Murphy of Connecticut and, of course, uh, James Lankford in Oklahoma, who's uh, lost it. He's like the uh, the British commander, the bridge over the River Kwai. He now is going to defend that piece of crap that he came up with uh, no matter what. And you'll notice this is a McConnell technique in the 412 years he's been in the Senate. He pushes somebody out front who's a putative conservative or sort of center-right, and they take all the hits, and McConnell never shows his face, never says a thing. You got sucker after sucker among the Republicans in the Senate who fall for that trap. But let us start with Senator Chris Murphy. Now, you just heard the administration's position for almost three years has been, damn it, the board is secure. We have operational control. Tell these racists to stop criticizing us. Oh. And they make a complete shift. And, of course, CNN, MSNBC, all the rest of the Democrat Party reprobates, they don't even point it out. How come they don't say, well, Chris, wait, 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 wait a minute. Your party said the border was secure. No, it's Trump's fault that we don't have a deal now. It's Trump's fault. What do you need a deal for? 
I thought it was secure. So you have uh, jerks like this. Chris Murphy, cut 11, go. Do you have a deal? Well, we do have a bipartisan deal. We're finishing the text Ooh, right now. Oh, a bipartisan deal. Didn't we have a bipartisan deal when the last immigration law was passed? Yes. Didn't we have one before that one? Yes. How about the 25 before that one? Yes, yes, and yes. I already told you. How much more legislation needs to be passed when you have a man in the Oval Office who's violating the law and the Constitution? All of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, we have a new law. We have a new law. What are you talking about here? Of course we're going to comply with it. How about they release it so we can see it? No, no, no. What do you think? This is a representative republic? We don't actually want the people to know what's in it. Of course, Dana Bash does not press the point. But look at the conga line she is on there. Nancy Pelosi. I can hear Nancy Pelosi's press person now when they book her. Look, two things we cannot have in the green room. What? No chewy foods. We don't want her to lose her dentures. And no real hard candy because we don't want her to break her dentures. Oh, sure. Sure. We give you donuts, but, you know, every time Chris Christie comes, we run out. So we're now limited on what we can actually do here. All right. So this guy, Chris Murphy, what a punk. Go ahead. The question is whether Republicans are going to listen to Donald Trump. There you go. His second sentence is Donald Trump. Look, we have a bipartisan, bisexual deal here. It's just unbelievable. Everybody's coming together. The buys and the buys. And we're coming together, we, uh, in the Senate here, and we've got a great bill. Only 5,000 illegal immigrants a day. And Langford's on there saying, well, that's, that's actually not how that works. Yeah, no, that's exactly how it works. You can even have 10,000 because parole, they still cheat on that, and people come through ports of entry and they're still going to rubber stamp them and we're really going to beef up the patrol i told you about the border patrol they're going to add 1300 people well why don't they add 1300 people to the irs and give us eighty-seven thousand more border patrol mr producer because that's not their priority is it saving american lives and ending slavery on the border but murphy's got it down and this guy's he's really high iq he's cutting it must be a really good lawyer because second sentence in it's Trump and the Republicans, America. Now, Trump has been known as a hawk on the border forever. But now it's Trump's fault. We have this bipartisan, bisexual deal, and we just can't, you know, Trump, you know. It's all about Trump, Trump, Trump. Go ahead. Chaos at the border because he thinks that it's a winning political issue. Oh, for him. chaos at the border, Mr. Producer. Would you remind Mr. Murphy one more time of what he, his party, and his and his phony journalists had to say about the border? Go ahead. It is my testimony that the border is secure. We have a secure border, in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We have taken unprecedented action over the past year and a half to secure our border. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. The border is closed. We agree that uh, the border is secure. We're executing a comprehensive strategy to secure our borders. One of our highest priorities is to ensure that we have a secure border. And that is what we are doing. The border is secure. Wow. 
But now it's Trump's fault because Trump supports chaos. Now, it won't happen just to annoy him. Would you invite Chris Murphy on the program, Mr. Producer? And keep the audio of the montage plus his audio. Chris Murphy, you're a gutless wonder. That's why you're on CNN and MSNBC in there. Come on this show. Confront your own hypocrisy. I will serve as your psychiatrist because God knows you need one. And we'll put you on the radio couch here. Not like Hollywood, but you know. No, no. Radio couch from the neck up. And we'll see what's in that cranium of yours. I have a guess that it's mostly Cheerios. But let's find out. Let's hear more of this genius senator from the nutmeg state. Cut 11, go. We are going to pass legislation which would be the biggest bipartisan reform of our border and immigration. Wow, a bipartisan reform. I love those damn bipartisan reforms, America. You know what I find out every time they do that? You and I get screwed. But how come the Democrats aren't sticking with their guns here and saying, we don't need bipartisanship, we don't need a deal, We've said over and over again to the American people, to the press, and of course they regurgitate whatever we tell them. The border is secure. We have a five-step plan. The plan's in place. We have operational control. What's everybody talking about? Chris Murphy, people of Connecticut, how do you even tolerate your two senators, two of the most pathetic, disgusting, shameless liars in the Senate? And that says a lot. That says a lot because Schumer's still there, you know. Go ahead. Years and would give the president of the United States, whether that president is a Republican or a Democrat, new important power to be able to better manage the flow of people across. Well, why do you need new important powers, Meathead? In 15 minutes, his staff could write one executive order and he could sign it. And most of the time, it would be him. That is, Biden putting his dentures back in his mouth as he gets ready to speak. I'm not against dentures, don't get me wrong. But that said, and all he has to do is say, I reverse my prior executive orders, they reverse Donald Trump's executive orders. Why are they attacking Donald Trump? And Trump is 100% right. A bad deal is worse than no deal, because then they're going to pretend they actually did something and they're going to do it for political reasons. Why would we support a bipartisan lie? And that's what this is. More Washington politicians lying through their teeth. And these SOB Republican senators who go along with this, their asses should be thrown out. I mean, there's an SOS on the border. We have slavery on the border. Slavery. And it's worse than any time since after the Civil War. It is. Sex slavery, child slavery, that's slavery. Slavery. Call it what it is. You don't need to, you don't need to hyphenate it. No, but, but, then, but then what? We have a secure border, operational control. We're on step five of our comprehensive plan. There's, of course, Kamala. Every time she talks, she reminds me of uh, Foster Brooks, when he, the comedian, you know, playing the drunk. It's the way she sounds to me. I can't help it. Go ahead. Um, we are sort of finalizing the last pieces of text right now. This bill could be ready to be on the floor of the United States Senate next week. Yes, yes, yes. And we're going to pass another law that Biden's going to ignore. And then we're going to have a ticker tape parade for Biden. 
course, I'll be very confused. Hey, it's snowing. No, no, a ticker tape with confetti. Real confetti. Ticker tape. Right. Thank you, Joe Biden. My God. Thank you, Mr. Bipartisan. Somebody finally suggested. I told you before, it's like the arsonist who lights the building on fire and then he shows up. He asked the neighbor, do you have a garden hose? I want to help put it out. That's Joe Biden. That's Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy is a fraud and a moron. He doesn't even understand how he's undermining what their position was two damn weeks ago. But now let's listen to this. Cut 12, go. Republicans, including the House Speaker, argue, a lot of them, not the ones you're dealing with, but a lot of them argue that... Yes, President- not the ones you're dealing with who are absolutely fantastic. You know, the other ones, like the reptiles at the zoo. Nobody wants to deal with Nobody. Nobody even wants to look at them. There, you know. Move on to the pandas. Go ahead. As the authority that he needs to secure the border, and they're criticizing. You know all this, this all this, all this drama and splitting of hairs and stupidity. Trump did it. So obviously, a president has authority. He has authority to secure the border. He has authority to build the wall. Trump litigated, and he won. He negotiated his deals with Mexico, and the deals included, you stay in Mexico till we figure out who the hell you are. Biden destroyed that. Trump said, no more catch and release. Biden said, no, we're going to catch and release. In fact, we're going to catch, release, process, and out of the streets you go. So that's what he's done. Um, Listen, people don't lie with their feet. What did he say? People don't lie with their feet. 10 million people have entered this country. And there's a billion more behind them who would love to come here. A billion. And they're getting in. And don't tell us the border is controlled and secure and then Donald Trump's responsible if you don't get your bi- your bipartisan schlemiel done. Like, that's going to fix something. You have a lawless president who is defying the Constitution and the law. I don't care how many laws you pass. That's what he does, and that's what he'll do. And you guys want to pass it with the help of Mitch McConnell, because Mitch McConnell, listen to me, would rather see Joe Biden as president than Donald Trump. There. Telling you the truth. Mitch McConnell is sort of Liz Cheney in drag. He'd rather see Joe Biden president than Donald Trump. No, he I've decided to, to get behind Donald Trump. Shut up, you idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. 
Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Listen to this. Jean-Pierre, on the death of these three heroes yesterday at the hands of the Islamo-Nazis in Iran. Cut 15, go. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks Good who God. are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. Obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. Oh, thanks so much. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to lose more souls too. This just can't keep up like this. And those people who vote for Biden are voting for all of this. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811. I used to call the third hour the power hour. And now sometimes this jewelry channel I watch calls their third hour the power hour, their last hour. They probably came up with it first. I have no idea, so I don't want to say that anymore. So I don't call it the power hour. Even though it is the power hour, you understand what I mean, right? There's a piece in the Daily Signal by Fred Lucas, which is actually quite outstanding. And I'm deeply worried about this. You know, the vast majority of us, we're not in the military and have never been in the military. So we rely on a volunteer force. And then we brutalize the force. We want to turn them into woke, you know, zombies. Some of them don't want to take the vaccine and so they're kicked out, dishonorable discharge. They're lowering the standards even further in the Navy because they can't come up with the numbers. I mean, this is, this is, 
so utterly irresponsible. The number one job of the government isn't to redistribute wealth. It's not to destroy the currency, spend us into bankruptcy, brainwash our children, lord over us, push us around. And by the way, they're back at it with the gas stoves. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? They're going to spit out a regulation banning your stove. I've always said a government that's big enough to tell you what kind of ceiling fan you're going to have or any of these little things is a government that's incredibly powerful. So the Heritage Foundation says the Chinese military can no longer be viewed as a distant competitor. China has begun to field indigenous aircraft carriers and advanced missile technology. It is rapidly expanding its nuclear arsenal and conducting live fire exercises and mock blockades around Taiwan. If current trans per- trends persist, the gap between the Chinese and U.S. militaries will likely narrow further. And the idea that China might surpass U.S. capabilities in some fields will seem far less implausible. It's a nice way of saying they will. The index, they have an index, scores China as aggressive in its provocative behavior and formidable in its capability. Xi Jinping is not only a brutal dictator and the author of genocide on a large scale, but he's also a true communist. He's a true Marxist. And as such, one of the good bits of news out of the People's Republic of China is that China's economy is the one black mark against its strategic strength. He is running the country into the ground. People don't know they have deflation taking place, which is the worst of all worlds. Now, inflation is the price, interest rates are going up, and the price of you know, goods and services are going up at an astounding rate, and you can't keep up. Deflation is the value of goods and services is plummeting. Plummeting. As interest rates are going up, Mr. Producer. And most countries have not experienced deflation. Now you might say, well, that's great. The price of goods and services are plummeting. It's not a market thing. It's a currency thing. And so if the price of goods are literally falling through the earth, they're not going to make them anymore. So people are going to lose their jobs. People are going to lose their livelihoods. While, in, while interest rates, inflation keeps going up. That's what's going on in China right now. Russia, hostile, although Russia has the military capability to harm and in case of its nuclear arsenal to pose an existential threat to the U.S., it has not yet conclusively demonstrated the intent to do so. However, especially in view of its war against Ukraine, Russia remains a significant threat to America's interests and allies in the European region. Russia may not be the threat to U.S. global interests the Soviet Union was during the Cold War, but it does pose challenges to a range of America's interests and those of its allies. Well, where do our military branches stand in all this? I can't read the whole thing, so I'm just hit, hit miss here. They say the aggregate score for America's major military branches is weak. Only the Marine Corps gained a positive score of strong. But the report notes that the Corps is a one-war force. Its overall strength is therefore not sufficient to compensate for the shortfalls of its larger fellow services. Marine Corps is actually quite small. 
It's between 102,000 and 100,000, maybe closer to 100,000. It's my recollection. You can look it up. In the worst shape is the United States Air Force, which the report ranks as, ready, very weak. It ranks the Navy and relatively new Space Force as weak. The Army is marginal. The U.S. nuclear arsenal also got the marginal designation. See, what's happening is Russia is modernizing its nuclear arsenal. China is building a brand new massive nuclear arsenal, and ours is old, and it's sitting there. And with respect to nuclear capabilities, they write, if the United States should need to deploy nuclear weapons, the escalation in a nuclear conflict would seem to imply that handling such a crisis would challenge even a fully ready joint force and its current size and equipment with modern weapons. But the military has a problem with the accountability of its leaders, too, said retired Army Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, who we love here. So we need to really look at our leadership and the amount of leadership we have and what they're really doing. I'll give you one example. One simple word, accountability. Where's the accountability? We lost a 20-year war in Afghanistan. Who was held accountable for all the mistakes we made in the military? We have made them. We just haven't owned up to them. He says these generals have become incredibly bureaucratic, and many of them become incredibly liberal. They have the same problem in Israel. He said, my greatest fear is that the current commander-in-chief does not have the will. If you don't have the political will, you can have all the capability and capacity in the world, but if you're not willing to use it, it's worthless. Well, he's got, not, he neither has the will, and we neither have the capacity. It's shrinking. And, of course, the Heritage Report warns of a growing nuclear threat from Iran. Now, there's not another person in broadcasting that has warned about Iran and nukes over and over and over again. Mark, you keep saying it. I know. I have to keep saying it. If I don't say it, who the hell's going to say it? This is top of mind for me. And it should be for you. Look at what they're doing in the Middle East now. They've killed three of our soldiers. They wounded 40 others. They've unleashed mayhem. Really, tens of thousands of people are dying. And, of course, Jake Tapper, Andrea Mitchell, and the other sleazeballs, they blame Israel. Not Iran. And it's noticed by Iran and Hamas and the other subhumans. Yeah, terrorists are subhumans. But our military needs to be rebuilt. We have a problem with psychology now in our military, that is, morale. And by the way, you know why the Air Force is the weakest? It's not because the pilots aren't great. Because we don't have enough pilots. We're short on pilots. In the Army, we're short on infantry. In the Navy, we're short on sailors. And Biden just acts like it's not a big deal. You know, Biden reminds me, how can I put this? Biden chews up what prior administrations, prior even uh, generations have built up. He destroys them. He uses them up. So the consequences won't actually be felt, you know, felt. Some are, but won't really be felt until after he leaves. We have a strategic oil reserve that was built up under Trump and others. He blew it. 
we don't have an effective strategic oil reserve anymore. Because Biden, temporarily, as a result of his policies, he needed to use that oil to bring down the price of gasoline because you were getting ticked. And the midterms were coming. I wrote what I said. The Democrat Party, you must look at them through the lens of power. And I wrote a whole book on this. The Democrat Party hates America. You still ought to read it. Honest to God, people have read and said, my God, I didn't even read. Exactly. I can only tout it so people think I'm self-serving. I'm not. But he destroys things. Energy independence. He destroyed it. He didn't build it. He destroyed it. Pipelines. Fracking. Tremendous technologies. He didn't build them, but he's destroyed them. The border was, was quite secure under, under Trump. He destroyed it. The currency was solid. He destroyed it. The economy was growing. He destroyed it. The combustion engine in the automobile, he's destroying it. So, he's chewed up pretty much what other generations, what other administrations, our ancestors have built in order to advance his agenda. And when he's gone, you think it's bad now? Disaster. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, folks, we have our friend Peter Navarro with us, and he's committed the crime of being a patriot. And he's a very brave man, and he's been through hell, and they tried to humiliate him the way he arrested him at the airport. They've tried to break, break him, uh, throwing all these resources at him, and what is his crime? His crime is the January 6th committee, which was a Stalinist-like operation, which has destroyed data, destroyed video, um, which itself is now under investigation. And uh, he said, look, I have some constitutional protections here. And they said, no, you don't. And they basically convicted him, and now he's sentenced to four months in prison, and that's our friend Peter Navarro. Peter, how are you? I'm sure it's not great. Uh, my friend, they call a great one. My old boss calls the great one. Mark Levin, honored to be with you, sir. Uh, it's... Uh, it's a um, comedic situation in some sense. No one knows better than you, Mark, given your history with the Department of Justice and Office of Legal Counsel, um, what the constitutional stakes are here in this. I, I was subpoenaed by Congress. It's the department policy of the Justice Department for more than 50 years, Mark, that senior White House advisors like me and alter egos of the president absolutely cannot be compelled to testify before Congress. Yet, I am now the first American in the history of our republic ever to be charged with this crime. And yes, I'm facing four months in prison if I do not win on appeal. And my appeal tonight to your audience, sir, if I may quickly, yes. let people know my legal defense fund. It's give, send, go dot com forward slash Navarro give send go it's all one word dot com forward slash Navarro this thing has already cost over six hundred thousand dollars and I've got a long way to go but I do believe Mark that this case I'd love to get into some of the details of it with you is destined for the Supreme Court because if I lose this appeal in this case 
the separation of powers will collapse. Executive privilege will no longer exist as George Washington first originated it. And we will turn essentially subpoenas from the Congress into partisan weapons, um, as was used um, by the J6 committee, sir. Mm -hmm. Well, give us a few, give us two or three top points. I mean, that is a very important point, of course. So, so executive privilege, first of all, so people understand it, privilege has a bad name these days, well, at least among the Marxist left. But executive privilege is something that George Washington saw was essential to effective presidential decision making. If people like me cannot speak candidly to the president and he to me, then he cannot make the best decisions for this nation and the American people. And so the Supreme Court itself has zealously guarded uh, executive privilege precisely because of its protections it provides. And once you allow Congress to issue subpoenas and basically attack the White House, the president, with these subpoenas, the separation of powers collapses between the two branches of government. And basically... You get a reductio ad absurdum to partisan warfare between the branches rather than some kind of governance for the people. So that's the big issue at stake here. And when I was um, subpoenaed by Congress, uh, President Trump invoked executive privilege in the matter. Basically, don't talk to him, don't give him documents was was the, the edict from the president. Now, not my privilege to waive by law. Mm -hmm. And I told the committee that, and I also told them, Mark, this is really important. I told them, look, I'm more than happy to comply with your subpoena, but only if you just call President Trump and see if he'll waive the privilege. One phone call, Mark. Mm -hmm. One phone call. That's all they would have had to make. But they did not do that. What does that tell you? And so... I wind up in this situation, uh, again, as the first um, senior White House advisor ever charged with this crime. Um, and I'm facing possible four months in prison um, if, if the judge in the next couple of weeks doesn't grant our motion to allow me to remain free during the appeal. And then through the appeal process, we'll see what the courts have to say. But I, I think this is a case, Mark, every bit as important um, with respect to other landmark constitutional decisions on other issues when it comes to separation of powers and executive privilege. There is no other case like it. And you know the term settled law. There's just no good settled law on this precisely because of the paucity of cases that have been adjudicated. Um, and the law that does exist is bad law, and the rest is just a big vacuum. You know, what, for example, one of the questions that came up in the trial is, what does a proper invocation of privilege look like? Is it uh, a letter? Is it a tweet? Is it presumptive, which we firmly believe it is, based on everything we've seen in the law? Mm -hmm. Um what burden does Congress itself have to resolve the matter? The fact that they did not make a single phone call or reach out to the president to ask for a waiver of the privilege. 
Um, and there's a whole, whole other bunch of issues that will be part of the appeal process. But, Mark, if I lose, the nation loses. Yeah, you're and, right. And that's the bottom line. All right, listen. Tell everybody where they can help you again. And, Mr. Producer, make sure it's on all our social platforms. And I can't thank you enough. Um, okay, it's the GoFunding site. It's called GiveSendGo.com forward slash Navarro, my last name, GiveSendGo.com forward slash Navarro. And, and we're, we're reaching our goal, I think, for the help of the great ones, the audience, I think. Come on, folks. To. Let's help him out. He needs help. He's pushed his back against the wall. He's got the whole damn government, you know, down his throat. And God bless you. We're going to have you back, Peter. You take care of yourself. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right. Now, folks, do yourself and do me a favor, would you? You got to download the podcast. That just means it's in your back pocket be used at any time and millions and millions of people have already done it haven't they mr producer it just makes it more convenient for you and then if you know there's a preemption or something like that and you want to listen to the show you just go right to that platform and listen it's really simple and if you're not sure how to do it i'm going to tell you how to do it then there's somebody in your family there's somebody co-worker colleague who can show you how to do it so let's start for the podcast. So for the podcast, go to marklevinshow.com. That is my main webpage. I actually own it. marklevinshow.com, M-A-R-K-L-E-V-I-N-Show.com. You go there. Then click on the Audio Rewind link. It'll send you to a page to pick a platform. Those three steps and you're set. You're set. Or search Mark Levin Show in your favorite podcast app, if you already have one. Now, with the Mark Levin app, you can stream and download my podcasts, and you can find the Mark Levin app through iTunes or Google Play and download it to your phone, or go to marklevinshow.com and click on the Apple or Android icon at the top right, probably the easiest way to do it, and download it to your phone. And once you've downloaded it, that's it, right, Rich? You got it. Just have to do it once. It's easier than doing your taxes, trust me. And third platform, you can find all my podcasts, interviews, specials, packages that we put together on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com at Mark Levin Show. YouTube.com at Mark, L-E-V-I-N Show. Or you can search Mark Levin Show in YouTube. It's that simple. And there you'll get the podcasts, interviews, these special packages that we put together. So many ways, and yet so few days. Did you know I was Robert Frost once in my life, Mr. Producer? It's true. All right, Mr. Producer, we have a caller, as I recall, and I lost my phone here. One second. Hold on, America. This is live and uh, national. There we go. Let's see if they're still there. They've been waiting a while. Hold on. Hold on, America. Tony, Clifton, New Jersey, WABC. How may I help you, sir? 
Hi, Mark Levin. It's Tony from Clifton. Thank you for all you do for us. We love you. Thank you very much. For your being here. So let me ask you about that. So if I were to say, let's get 10,000 Levinites in and around the New York City area, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York, those places. And I said, let's organize. And let's meet one day at one place to make our voices heard. Do you think we could pull that off? I think so. I've been thinking about... Um, I mean, how- if we have 3,000 to 5,000 people showing up at a book signing, Mr. Producer, don't you think we could? <laughs> I think we could very, very easily. Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. So I was watching for Holocaust Remembrance, the Nuremberg movie, which was actually the movie made by the U.S. government, which was banned in this country for many years. It was the one that they did for the Holocaust, for the Nuremberg trials. Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about that, we were getting the news about our servicemen who had who had been killed. And it just seems to me, Mark, that the words that were said for, for um, Watergate, John Dean said to President Nixon, we have a cancer on our presidency. I mean, like that was that was like so overstated back then. Little did he know that that's what we have now. Mm-hmm. And I was just so upset by what's happening that the history of Israel is such a young country. And yet people don't know who they are. And our country is so tender and so on fire right now that people don't understand that when your own president wants to kill his own people and not protect them, that there is a cancer on our presidency. And she's talking about the southern border. She's talking about slavery there. She's talking about fentanyl coming in and killing Americans. I think most rational human beings would say you better stop that and secure that border. And now they're just lying and spinning and they're worried about the election. Tony, thank you very much. And I posted a very, very important piece about Holocaust Remembrance Day, which was the other day. And in this piece, it talks about the American soldiers who liberated some of these death camps. American soldiers. You really ought to check it out. It's on all my social media platforms. You know, we don't give ourselves enough credit. These were the great parents and grandparents of ours. And now you see what's going on in our country. I don't, I mean, if my father and mother saw what was going on in the streets of this country, they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe all the anti-Semitism, all the Jew hatred. And that's been imported into our country, both through tenured professors from overseas, Marxist professors here, our immigration policy where People from the Middle East, Palestinians and others are pouring into this country. Look, I'm, I'm not going to play games here. It is what it is. And again, these Marxist leftists, um, they have the same thing in common. They hate this country and they hate Jews. But they also hate Christians, particularly evangelical Christians, as well as Catholics who are also Christians. But if you actually believe in your faith and the FBI is not breathing down your back, in other words, people of faith are people who love their country. They hate. Justice Barrett, who I'm no fan of anymore, she's under attack in the media. <clears throat> she and or her husband are part of this 
Christian movement or faith or however you want to put it. And they're trying to portray it as dangerous, extremist. And I thought to myself, if she were a Muslim, they would never do this to her, Mr. Producer. Never. Never. We have media organizations here hiring pro-Hamas people. We have the UN um, where they're Employees are participating in October 7th, but they're concerned about Barrett's faith. This is how it works. The group CARE, which is a Hamas front group, it's been proven in court. This is a terrorist front group in this country operating freely rather than the the, uh, Department of Justice shutting it down. And deporting those individuals who are not citizens. Get their asses the hell out of here. Send them back to paradise. This is a a group in the country where the head guy, Ewad, Awad, whatever, he's just a wad, was caught on a mic in the United States. Praising Hamas, October 7th. It's another study I read where they've been monitoring these imams in California. And almost to a man. They're preaching anti-Semitism, Jew hatred, American hatred. I mean, a country can't survive this. And then you have these lily-livered, useless, pusillanimous types who get to the position of president of one of these poison Ivy League schools. I'm not giving that phrase up, no matter how many people steal it from me. The poison Ivies. And... uh, It's just, and of course, the Democrat Party is the home to all of it. The American media is the home to all of it. It's like this guy, uh, John Leibowitz. What's what's his name, Mr. Producer? John Stewart. Guy's name is Leibowitz. He's a low IQ sleazeball, in my humble opinion. Oh, he'll have his. Oh, John Stewart's coming back. I'm so excited. Yeah, every left wing kook is excited that another left wing kook. It's going to be on. Do it once a week. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure it's just amazing that he would deign to do the show once a week so we get more John Stewart. Can't wait. Not enough of that. I can tell you that. But he supports the vets. Yeah, it's the least he can do. It's the least he can do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's slip in a call or two. Let's go to David, the great WJNO in Palm Beach, Florida. Go. Mark, I'm here enjoying the Gavin Newsom early bird special at the French Laundry right now. It's <laughs> yeah, right. very exciting. Yes. I'm really enjoying it. Um, in serious, happy birthday. Your birthday is to- coming up. No, it's um, not. My birthday's in September. Oh, but thanks well, anyway. Happy birthday in advance. Yes. Yeah, I thought I saw that. Anyway, um, a few key things I just want to discuss with you. One is the complete disregard that uh, Biden and the administration have for history. Mm-hmm. They have, it's as if there is no history before they came on the scene. And I think one of the reasons why we're continuously playing like whack-a-mole and Groundhog Day is because they never learn, because they never look to history 
And they hate Israel because it's proactive, not reactive. Mm. Uh, one of the reasons Israel's won wars in the past is because they don't wait to be attacked, usually. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they take out their, their opponents. Um, you know, it's... Except this last time, but uh, I get your point, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, relationships are two-sided. If someone comes and burns down your house... Um, and then says, we want a ceasefire. Yeah, you know, unbelievable. that is not a recipe uh, for successful international relations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't get Well, I want to thank you for your call. We're running out of time. Thank you, buddy. Good points. I would say this. I did notice, Mr. Producer, that the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Churchill of his day, I did notice he was not giving advice to Joe Biden on how to respond to Iran's attack on us. I noticed he wasn't talking about proportionality. He didn't get into all that, did he, Mr. Producer? We'll do what we want without anybody's advice, and that's, in this case, with Biden, part of the problem. Here we are, day two. They're still trying to figure out what to do. And whatever they do, ladies and gentlemen, they'll pretend it was a big deal, and it'll be too little too late. The war in the Middle East is and has expanded as a result of Joe Biden, as well as, I might add, libertarian isolation. The Islamists and the Marxists, they're having their way. Israel is not allowed to win. America is not allowed to win. Pretty sick. I also posted for you, ladies and gentlemen, a really remarkable letter from mothers of IDF soldiers. And this is another letter that you won't hear about anywhere else. It certainly won't be in the media. It's there on all my social sites. And it was sent to Joe Biden, which is another reason it'll be shredded. Jake Tapper, self-hater. Andrea Mitchell, self-hater. None of them will reference it. None of them will read from it. None of them will even acknowledge it. Although maybe uh, Leibowitz. What's his name again? John Leibowitz. John Stewart, I mean. Sorry, John, I I know it's John Stewart now. John Stewart, I'm sure he'll read from it on his first show. And it'll all be Trump's fault anyway, so what's the point, right? All right, I don't have my list. Who's the next caller? Pull one up. Let's go. Come on. Arkansas, Lewis, K-A-R-N, our great affiliate there. Go quickly, please. Okay, I want to put an end to a lie. It has not been 10 years since we have been in a border crisis. It has been since Biden was given the presidency and revoked Trump's border policy that ended the crisis. And don't forget who invited the illegals. Oh, that would be Biden. Well, sir, your words are true. And, of course, thank you for your call. And, of course, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, 10, 14 days ago or so, every single Democrat marching in line, they like to march in line, the Democrats. They like to wear boots, special colors on their shirts. They like to march in line. The border was secure, operationally secure, secure in every way, and now it's chaotic. They have a bipartisan plan, and it's Trump's fault for not passing it. These are sick people. 
I want to salute all you heroes out there. God bless you. I wish for the families, you know, Godspeed to those who passed away and were killed. Take care. God bless. 